0: Hey there, I'm Travis Albritton, host of the Practical Christian Podcast, and I want to tell you about my new book, Small Group Leader Secrets. Apathy is the enemy of every small group leader. When people don't care, they aren't invested. And when they aren't invested, you end up having to do everything. You may even doubt yourself and wonder if you have what it takes to lead effectively. The secret to leading a thriving small group is knowing how to get everyone involved so that you aren't the one doing all the work. In the book, I break down the seven principles that will make or break your small group. You'll learn things like how to get everyone on the same page, how to craft great discussions in minutes, not hours, and how to build deep and lasting relationships within your group. You don't have to settle for a mediocre small group. Learn how to lead a thriving small group and become everyone's favorite leader. To learn more and to pre-order Small Group Leader Secrets, just go to the website smallgroupleadersecrets.com. And now, on with the show. This is episode number 102, and today we're talking about how to process the death of someone close to us. Welcome to the Practical Christian Podcast. My name is Travis All Britton, your friendly neighborhood Bible teacher, and every day we'll dive into the tips, tricks and hacks that you can implement in your daily life to become a more effective Christian. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump in to your daily dose of practical Christian training.: Death is a natural part of life, but that doesn't make it easy. Uh, recently uh, a member of the church that I'm a part of here in Jacksonville passed away in a car accident and it was very difficult uh, especially for those that were close to him but uh I know for me when it's I can feel conflicted when somebody dies I know that if they're a Christian then their where they are is much better than than staying here you know I think about Paul in Philippians 121 that says you know to die is gain. To to be with Christ, that is better. And so, a a part of you wants to celebrate that they have run their race and are no longer here. But then, a part of you wants to mourn, wants to to process those emotions, the loss. And so, I've felt that conflict, and it's it can be especially difficult if it's clo- if it's someone close to you. But even if it's someone that you're not close to, because there's a, there's a, there's a temptation to keep things, I guess, super spiritual or hyper spiritual and try and move on quickly, say, yeah, death is a part of life. They're in a better place. Time to keep going. Um, you know, but, and, and I felt the, the pressure to move on internally because I don't want, uh. You know, the process of, of mourning someone or losing someone uh, to take me out of commission, to to take my eye off of my my goal, right, which is to love people and make disciples. And so, so how do we wrestle with all of those different components? How do we uh, properly process death in a way that's constructive, but also in a way that's human, right? That we're not robots. we're not just programmable where you just hit a reset button and everything goes back to normal. That's not how we work. And so I want to talk about that. I want to talk about looking at Jesus and the example that he set for us. Now, Jesus lost someone very close to him uh, while he was here on earth. You may have heard of Lazarus. Uh, Lazarus had two sisters, Mary and Martha. Mary was uh, someone who had interacted with Jesus before. And Jesus is very close to Lazarus. And at one point during Jesus' ministry, Lazarus gets very sick. And we're going to pick this up in John 11, verse 1, talking about the story of Lazarus. It says Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who had poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So, if you remember that story, that's this woman. So the sisters sent word to Jesus Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. Now, Judea is where Lazarus was. So, he wasn't saying, Hey, we're going to wait and then we're going to go somewhere else. But it's interesting to note that even at the beginning, when Jesus hears about Lazarus, his perspective is about God's glory. The thing that matters to him is that God is glorified, even in death. And he does give us a little indication that this isn't going to end the way that Mary and Martha are hoping that it doesn't. But uh, we'll—I we'll, don't want to spoil the ending, so let's let's keep reading. So if we pick it back up in verse thirty-two. Jesus, at this point, has arrived in Bethany, where Lazarus, Mary, and Martha live, and Lazarus has died. At this point, Lazarus was sick, and he has died, and now Jesus shows up, all right? So, picking up in verse 32, it says, When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved them. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? And so the thing that I want to key in on here is that even though Jesus has a plan, even though, even though Jesus knows that he is about to raise Lazarus from the dead. He still weeps. Did, did you catch that? Even though Jesus knows the outcome is going to be awesome, that Lazarus is not going to stay dead, and that Mary and Martha, their time of mourning will end soon, Jesus still empathizes with Mary, Martha, and the people that were close to him. And so the reason this is important, the reason I want to really key in on this, not only because now you actually know the context of Jesus wept, the shortest verse in the Bible, but expressing emotion and empathizing with people is important, right? That if someone has lost someone close to them, don't be flippant about how they should feel or the perspective they should have, right? That expressing emotion, empathizing, having compassion on people that have lost someone close to them is super important, Jesus did it even with people whose relative was about to come back from the dead, right? So that's, that's something that cannot be overlooked. And so you don't want to minimize your feelings or the feelings of others. And another really practical reason why this is important is that it's, just, it's not healthy physically, emotionally, or spiritually to keep things cooped up, to not properly process the loss of someone uh, close to you, and to make sure you give an opportunity for others that have lost someone to express themselves in an authentic and uh, unguarded way to you, right? But remember, at the end of the day, God is still in control, right? That in this story, Jesus decides to raise Lazarus from the dead. But, you know, for us, it can be so difficult when somebody dies, especially if they're young, if if it's a premature death, to, to lose faith, to, to, to wonder what God is up to. And so we always have to remember that God is in control, that God is all knowing, that He is all powerful, and that He has all wisdom. And that if God has allowed something to happen, it is for His glory, even if we can't understand it in the moment. And something that uh, I always think about whenever somebody dies, somebody that I know of or someone that's close to me, is I am reminded that this life is temporary. And that we are not here forever, this is not our home, and that we have something truly amazing to look forward to. And as we wrap up today, I want to read you this passage from Second Corinthians 5, which I think gives us the right perspective. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who is fashioned for us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Well, that is it for today. Make sure to smash that subscribe button to get daily practical tips just like this one. Leave a review in Apple Podcasts for your chance to get a shout out as a super fan of the week. Make sure to head over to the podcast Facebook group to connect with me and help decide future episode topics. Every day is an opportunity to grow closer to God and make a positive impact on the people around you. Take action with what you've learned and help make the world a little more like heaven. I'm Travis Britton, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.